the media landscape in America is busted. Americans are on to the omissions, the half-truths, and the outright lies being propagated against we, the people. Your host, Tom Harris, will bring you the other side of the story. For people who worry about the supposed dangers of man-made climate change, the best way to significantly reduce carbon dioxide emissions is obviously nuclear power. However, when many in the public think of nuclear, the first thing that often comes to mind is nuclear weapons. Anti-nuclear activists have promoted this connection on purpose, of course, to scare the public away from generating electricity with nuclear fission. One of the other tactics they use is to say that waste from nuclear reactors will be dangerous for millions of years and that we have no way to safely store the waste. But is that true? And what is the real connection between civilian nuclear power plants and nuclear bombs anyways? (laughs) To help us answer these questions, I've invited nuclear power expert Todd Royal back to the program. Todd's an internationally published columnist, energy policy expert, and author based in McKinney, Texas. His expertise has informed the U.S. Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Commerce, the U.S. Congress, states of Kentucky, California, and Texas. Unlike most subject matter experts in the field, Todd's background is in communication. So for non-technical listeners who might be intimidated by the complexity of nuclear power, you really, really will want to listen to this episode, since I'm sure that Todd will demystify the topic into understandable and, quite frankly, enjoyable language. So welcome back to the show, Todd. How you doing, Tom? Glad to be back here, and I'm looking forward to another great discussion between you and I. Yeah, that was fun last week. This week will be a real interesting topic, and we should go right back to the very origin of all of this. And first of all, tell us about your work related to nuclear power so that people know that you actually know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, for the last over two and a half years, I've worked for an organization called E4 Carolinas. Uh, They're based out of Charlotte, and we have been working on a grant where I'm the senior project analyst on advanced nuclear technology, meaning advanced uh, water-cooled reactors and even non-water-cooled reactors. Uh, We are putting out a value chain report and an economic impact study for the U.S. Department of Commerce's Economic Development Administration. We are releasing our report here in five days. We are then uh, giving all final materials to the uh, Economic Development Administration uh, at the end of May of this year. And then I've been working uh, as part of my work. I've analyzed over 300 different projects uh, globally and in the United States, uh, where I've done an extensive SWOT analysis. I've looked at over 1,400 different companies to be able to put in within our value chain uh, study and then worked on as a contributor to the economic impact report. Yeah, yeah. Now, with you having studied the whole field of nuclear, can you tell us, is the United States unusual with respect to the nuclear power plants that they're not putting in place because they've done very little nuclear development? How How does that compare with the rest of the world? Well, currently the rest of the world's beating us. Uh, meaning they're 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 defeating us in construction of brand new nuclear power plants. In particular, China, India uh, are the two that really come to mind. And any of the countries that are within their sphere of influence, such as Turkey, Bulgaria, uh, Egypt, countries like that that are that are actively doing nuclear. Four new reactors have opened up the Baccarat plant in the United Arab Emirates, which was done by South Korea. You can really say right now the three countries that are the best at 
getting nuclear power plants built would be Russia's number one, uh, China is number two, and then I would say the South Koreans are number yeah. three. Uh, the technology that we as a, the Americans has is as good as anybody. Uh, the Canadians with the Kandu reactor is certainly a, a globally um, accepted reactor. It's, as, again, also as good as any reactor uh, on the market. But as far as getting these reactors built, these power plants deployed, nobody's doing it as good as Russia is currently. And then China wow. would be a uh, would be a close sec would be a close second. The United States has incredible technology, as does Canada, but they're running into problems by environmentalists and they're also running into problems uh, with their regulatory agencies more in America with the nuclear regulatory, uh, the NRC nuclear regulatory commission than the, their Canadian counterparts. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think back to three mile Island, which of course was a, a nuclear accident. Mm -hmm. That was about when the nuclear power industry in the United States came to a screeching halt, didn't it? I mean, there was bad coincidence between that accident. And I'd like to talk a little about it because I don't think it was actually a fatal accident in any way, but regardless, that accident in conjunction with Jane Fonda's movie, The China Syndrome, was mm -hmm. that the origin of when the nuclear industry in the U.S. started to slow down? Well, it's that, and it's 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 a fear that really began, um, you could really say, right at within the 40s after World War II. We were so traumatized globally. Uh, we now know that we're we're nearing close to 100 million people died during World War II. It went across all seven continents. And so what happened is once people saw the bomb go off, meaning what bombed uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, is they then equate Chernobyl, Three Mile Island in America, Fukushima in Japan. Those have been equate, equated with the nuclear bomb. People can argue with me all they want. If you want to lead, read a great history on it, read Michael Schellenberger done great work on it. Um, he had put together some a very, a number of articles for Ford magazine about four or five years ago that gives the entire history of it. You then looked at when the uh, HBO miniseries Chernobyl came out, which unfortunately either stretched the truth or flat out didn't tell the truth. Um, what people don't even realize about Chernobyl is that two of the reactors kept running. That's a reactor technology that will never be used again, but reactors kept they they kept they kept going. Newsweek has confirmed that. Um, that's not to say it wasn't a devastating accident, but to equate a nuclear power plant, a fission process, meaning they're splitting the atom to be able to heat up uh, the water, produce steam to go through a turbine to make electricity that is carbon free, you're equating that with a nuclear weapon. If that were the case, the entire world would be dead right now because you have yeah. hundreds. You have hundreds of nuclear power plants that are working as we speak right now. I believe we're now at 94 in the United States. We have the most amount in the United States with over 60 being built globally as we speak with the most in China. So if, uh -huh. all, of the, if all of that were happening, we would all be dead. That's where this mm. makes it doesn't make any sense when people go, oh, nuclear power. Pardon me. Nuclear power is exactly like a new is, is like a nuclear bomb. Yes, you can sometimes get the uranium from a from spent fuel and try to make it where it can be used into a nuclear bomb. But no one has done that yet that I know of. It's not, I've not seen any research or anything that's been peer-reviewed and sourced that says any terrorist group or any nation state has taken spent nuclear fuel 
that they got from another uh, nuclear power plant and put that into atomic weapon. That 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 ha- that doesn't happen. This is a fear-based campaign by people that it began, if I remember Mr. Schellenberger's work correctly, really began right after World War II, started to scare people to death about nuclear power. And then once you had accidents in Chernobyl and then in particular in Three Mile Island, and like you correctly mentioned, like with Jane Fonda in her movie, the nuclear power fear took off, which is ridiculous because if you look at your your home country of Canada, I believe you built 20 reactors in 20 years mm, based yeah. on this can-do reactor technology, which is perfectly safe, perfectly plausible, and Canada should go build another 20 reactors. And I would like to say this to anyone listening. The, a large nuclear power plant is based off a of gigawatt for the most part. Gigawatt means typically give electricity for about a million people. There's nothing wrong with these reactors. If you take the Westinghouse AP-1000, that's the same reactor technology that is being built in China as we speak. Mm-hmm. There is nothing but fear. There's nothing but environmentalists who are nihilist and Malthusians who are anti-human, anti-growth that are against this. And in particular in the United States, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, which has made how many nines of safety? How how perfect are you say this is going to be before you allow anything to be built? The bulk of the entire United States nuclear power fleet was built before the Nuclear Regulatory Commission came into existence. I see, yeah. Well, that's, it's interesting. That's the it's inter- Yeah, it's interesting, Todd. I was reading that to build a can-do reactor, Canadian mm-hmm. reactor in China, right. typically takes about five years from the original conception to producing mm-hmm. power. It it takes twice as long to make a can-do reactor in Canada. So mm-hmm. because of the regulations and all the hearings and the environmentals yep. have slowed it, slowed it down. So here we have our reactors that can be built faster, twice as fast in a foreign country. So the question then becomes, has North America overregulated nuclear? I would say absolutely 100%. Um, you took, I was very harsh on your last show about the environmental movement. I called them a bunch of Nazis. What they've really become, when I equate that to Nazi, meaning you are anti-human, you're anti-growth, you are about power for the sake of power without looking around going, the greatest energy technology we have right now, I would argue, is the fission process that nuclear power offers. Yeah, I can make we know we can make electricity that works over 92 percent of the time. It's called a capacity factor. When you see all this electrical grid jargon, you know, base load and peaking plants and spinning reserves and capacity, capacity factors is is a fancy way of saying this power plant works 92 percent of the time. To give you an example, renewables work, meaning wind and solar, work about 25 to 35% of the time. So we're talking about something that not only is safer than anything else out there, it works longer than anything else out there. And the only thing that is holding it back is political choices, regulations, and environmentalists that take these issues and drag them out in Western courts that really what you have is a tyranny of the judicial that's stopping us from having clean, carbon-free, no-emission nuclear power that can last for 40, 60, 80, 
even 100 years after, you know, once you do, um, you extend the life of the, of the, of the power plant. Yeah. You know, it sort of reminds me when I hear you talk about them, you know, they, they're nihilists. That's interesting because, you know, you hear the NIMP. Yeah. You you hear the acronym NIMBY for not in my backyard, but now they have a new one called banana build absolutely nothing anywhere near anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you actually build any power plants ever anywhere? <laughs> well, the the ridiculous thing about that too is then you have this entire movement of the environmentalists that say we're going to electrify everything. Uh-huh. And my question to you is how? Are, I, I wrote a book, I co-authored a book, a second one called Just Green Electricity or Green Energy. And I said, you're going to have to you're going to have to expand the American grid to the tune of trillions of dollars. My co-author, Ronald Stein, then looked into what it would take, if I remember correctly, to put in a power line, a, a high voltage power line, let's say, to connect renewables that you generally have to put way outside of of where people actually live. That it was going to be 28 different agencies and 28 different regulations. As bad as that is, and I actually empathize with uh, renewable developers, folks like you know Orsted or you know General Electric, people like that that are trying to do more wind and sun. Well, a nuclear power plant, as an example, new scale power, is what's referred to as a Generation Three Plus reactor company. They have an advanced water cooled reactor. They're the only ones to get regulatory approval by the NRC. It took them 10 years and $500 million. Jeez, just to get approval. <laughs> to, get a, to get approval. And people are very sour on them right now. Oh, their project, it got, you know, they're, they're, they had a project that was going to be going on in Utah, and it just got canceled. Well, I would argue, yes, they ran into interest rate problems. They ran into supply chain issues. Well, the real problem is, is that it took them 10 years and $500 million to get a license, when <laughs> only, which the only thing these water, the, the, the water cooled companies, folks like G. Itachi, Holtec, um, New Scale, uh, there's another company, Last Energy, they're, all they're doing is shrinking the power plant. Something that's going to give power to a million people will get power, let's say, to 200,000 people. But yet the NRC is making them go through the exact same hoops that you would for a gigawatt scale reactor. It makes zero sense. But then that's yeah. what happens when you have environmentalists and that banana acronym is what's happening to these different companies. And, and here's the, the, if I may just say this part, which the deeply disturbing part about this is that our study has revealed some of your best paying jobs are nuclear power plants and they started over a hundred thousand dollars. That's the starting salary of a nuclear power plant worker. And I can also tell you it is the only source of power, not the wind, the sun, biomass, dams, oil, natural gas, coal, algae, anything you want to say that you can use for energy. Nuclear power is the only one that returns where the power plant was back to what it is originally supposed to look like, meaning mm-hmm. the land. They dismantle it. They um, do all the decommissioning. And if you follow the Italians, they're now saying they believe they can actually recycle 90 to 95% of everything that it takes to construct a nuclear power. Wow. Wow. You know, when I look at Three Mile Island, that, in fact, was a 
engineering success because the containment structure held the hydrogen bubble that was threatening to escape. It didn't escape and nobody died. Nobody got sick. There wasn't any animals or plants or humans that were damaged by that accident, were there? No. If you if you look at the events from it, you're going to say it was a mechanical or an electrical failure that what it did, it prevented the main feed water pumps, meaning what's going to cool this reactor to send water to the steam generators to remove heat from the nuclear core. That's what caused the shutdown of the turbine generator and later the reactor. The plant, But the thing is, is the plant staff, they recognized the issue as it happened, but it did le- it did lead to a disaster. But you did not see some widespread, wide-scale um, disaster on hand. And mm-hmm. also, there's so many wonderful agencies that people don't realize now. You know, after that accident, you you now have, you, you have different agencies, different organizations, the American Nuclear Society, all of our national nuclear laboratories, the World Nuclear Association, the Nuclear Energy Institute, which does amazing work. You have the United States Nuclear Industry Council. You have the United Nations International Atomic Energy Agency. And then on top of that, you have, uh, which came about the Institute of Nuclear Power Operators to be trained so nothing like Three Mile Island can happen again. It's it, it's just so hard when I hear all this because I go, then somebody tell me why China, India, the United Arab Emirates, Russia, and others are building nuclear power plants as fast as they can build them. Yeah. Now someone someone could come back to me, Tom, and go, well, you're talking about communist authoritarian dictators like Putin and the 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 sheiks who run the UAE and and the communist tyrants of China. Okay, those may be those may be true things, but you're saying that they want to then destroy their com- their own countries. You're saying they want their nuclear power plants to melt down, do complete radiation havoc across their entire countries, which mean they all could be taken over and every single one of them could be killed by their own enemies who hate them already. That's <laughs> not what, likely. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. In other words, take this to its logical conclusion. No, what they're looking up and going, if you're the Chinese, you're going, we have a middle class that is growing by the hundreds of millions. We need reliable energy. We're the United Arab Emirates. It's about 120 degrees year round here. We need to run the air conditioners. We're India. We're now the largest country in the world with the largest middle class uh, populations. And our number one need is air conditioning. I wrote about that in my first book. Yeah. So these folks are either going to use coal or they're going to use natural gas or what I would advocate for is using nuclear power. So mm-hmm. when you look at the disasters of Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, and then you also look at Fukushima, these are accidents that are not going to happen again. And these this mm-hmm. reactor technology, it's it's the greatest technology I've seen when it comes to an energy system. And there's there's never going to be an energy system that's perfect. There's not a utopian, 100% accident-proof energy system out there. Yeah. You know, Dr. Jay Lair, who used to be my co-host, he passed mm-hmm. away, sad, sadly, just over a year ago. Yeah. But he, he actually, when Fukushima happened, he said, that there was going to be more people who die as a result of moving massive populations, especially seniors, 
<laughs> then actually were killed by then could have been killed by radiation and he got death threats for weeks after that because he actually went on tv and other media sources and he said no he said the danger of moving massive populations especially seniors is much more dangerous than any possible death from radiation do you think he was exaggerating he wasn't there have been japanese government reports that one person died of radiation i believe it's over 2000 people or more died because of uh, forced evacuations. What it it reminds me of, and I was thinking about this before we spoke, do you recall the the British petroleum accident in the the Gulf of Mexico, the one, the movie that was made about it, uh, Deepwater Horizon, the accident? Do you recall Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I remember reading an article. I want to say it was in Newsweek, though I'm not sure. The different folks who understand the ocean said, if we had done nothing, the ocean would have ate all the oil. That really, there was more damage done by humans going in there and saying, oh, we're going to mitigate this as opposed to going, okay, let's look at what happened. Let's figure out why it happened. Let's probably go, do we really need to be doing deep water drilling when we have so many different areas where we can uh, drill on the land with fracking technologies. And so it reminds me of the exact same thing. You did worse by evacuating people as opposed to going, no, the safety measures worked. Mm. They worked. And then I heard somebody say this the other day, which I think is important because someone listening to this would go, hey, Todd, you're an idiot. You're an <laughs> idiot. You're a fool. You're a nuclear power shill. Okay. You're, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. That, that's, that's your opinion. But let me ask you this. Not one person globally has ever died from nuclear waste. Not one. We've, we've had not many people die from nuclear power meltdowns, though tragic. Yeah, those would be Chernobyl, I guess, eh? Yeah. But what we do know is that fossil fuels, which I'm very pro-fossil fuel, But we do know that millions of people globally are killed each year by the respiratory issues that are brought up from things such as, you know, carbon emissions and methane from natural gas. And certainly coal ash and this SO2 um, and the NOx that comes out whenever you burn coal unabashedly. We Mm -hmm. know that. We know that. We know that unequivocally. So then I look at someone and go, okay then what is it you want? Are you okay with millions of people dying a year from uh, fossil fuels that haven't been mitigated? Or would you rather get all your power from nuclear power, which is more energy dense, completely carbon free, we know how to store the nuclear waste, and it's had less deaths supposedly than even renewables have caused people before by wind turbines and solar panels. I mean, think about that. And what do they say? <laughs> you 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 say this to people, and there's there's almost a befuddlement, or or you get this. Well, you're an idiot, and you're a fool, and you go, well, no, that's fine. You can call me whatever you want, but let's deal with the facts. We know that millions of people in countries that aren't in the United States, aren't in Canada, people that are burning in Africa, cow dung for heating, they're dying. They're dying by the mm-hmm. millions. Okay, then let's go give them a coal-fired power plant. Well, I doubt they're going to have the abatements on those the way that 
the United States or Germany or South Korea is able to afford. Yeah, how, about sure. in, how about instead we go build them a nuclear power plant? Mm-hmm. It, well, you know, my, my my daughter actually went on a bold earth adventure. And you your daughter might want to look at this, too. She was about the same age as your daughter. You um, said it's, called, she, it's, it's called bold earth? Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. And what she did is she was sent to Peru and she they you know they had a tour of the country and the ocean and the mountains the jungle she went to sleep one night in the jungle which is exciting but she spent several days living with a family in the andes to help them build a chimney because apparently across the world for girls and women one of the greatest sources of disease is indoor air pollution from burning as you say dung and sticks and everything else so so they actually worked together with the family to make a chimney and apparently this is what they do like all over the world and you know i can't say more about this group because i think she was only 16 or 17 and wow what an adventure i mean living with this peruvian family and 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 that's of course because they don't have good sources of electricity they end up burning dung they end up burning you know wood indoors so yeah you could save many many lives and in the case of um, chernobyl i think it's important for people to realize that what happened there it was a graphite fire mm-hmm. but we don't we don't use graphite for moderators in north no. america yeah so i mean just so we should actually talk a little bit about you know i'm gonna have to ask you back again for this because there's so much to talk about it's really interesting but when you have a nuclear reactor, you have to slow the neutrons down so that they get captured and the reaction continues. And they do that by putting in a moderator to slow down the speed of the neutrons, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Now, in the Soviet Union, in the old Soviet Union, they used graphite rods to do that. And that's what caught on fire. But in North America, and in fact, the whole Western world, we've, we don't use graphite for moderators. We use water, right? Yes. And also... The Kandu reactor, I, I love the Kandu reactor because it's it's proven technology. There's a wonderful Canadian named Dr. Chris Keith, who is probably, I can make the argument, is the best um, advocate for nuclear power we have going right now. Um, the the reactor technology is is as safe a technology as you're going to have from anything. There's I've heard this saying goes, there, there's, there's no perfection, there's only trade-offs. And right now we are making the political trade-off, meaning the West, places like Germany, which are committing energy suicide, the United States, which is rapidly getting to that energy suicide by not using nuclear power and saying, I'm going to rely on completely unreliable forms of energy to electricity, or I'm going to begin burning such prodigious amounts of coal the, yeah, you are going to start. You, then the environmentalist is going to be correct and going, what about our air quality? What about our air quality? Well, there's a way to solve that, and that is nuclear. And no, the technologies that were used, whether Fukushima, uh, those technologies are not used anymore. It was, a, it was an electrical issue. It was a diesel generator issue they had. Um, that's, that's not done that way anymore. The, when you look at the technologies that are being done right now, I mean, NASA is saying a nuclear power plant, a reactor, a a scaled down version of a reactor, they're trying to put one on the moon. So you're telling me that NASA is going to put a nuclear reactor under millions of tons 
of jet fuel, of rocket fuel, and blast that off into space and put it on the moon. But somehow that reactor, because you're scared of Chernobyl, Remont Island, and Fukushima, well, that that we we can't we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the Cassini spacecraft, which runs with uh, radioactive thermoelectric generators (RTGs). And and you know the environmentalists went to court and they tried to actually get it stopped. They said it was way too dangerous, and mm-hmm. the judge decided no, it's not dangerous. And the crazy thing is, you know, they put it in little capsules in the RTG, yes. and they they computed that even if there was a space shuttle like disaster that these capsules would not break and release the uranium. And but here's the crazy thing, Todd. You'll just laugh at this. The environmentalists were still upset, even after the judge said, no, this is very, very safe. So the environmentalists went to the launch, okay, as close as they could get to protest. Remember, they think it's so, so dangerous. And you know what they put in front of themselves during the launch to try to get lots of publicity about how super dangerous this was? They put their children in the front. (laughs) So they obviously knew it wasn't really dangerous because they were putting their own children right there. But, but, you know, in the case of Chernobyl, I think it's important to emphasize that two things. One, it was a graphite fire. In -hmm. North America, the Western world, we don't use graphite as a moderator. You can't burn burn water. And the second thing, it was horrible um, practice of actually running the reactor. Yes. Now, both of those things simply are not going to happen again. So in all three cases, Fukushima, uh, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, which are the three main accidents that everybody says, oh, my God, this is a horrible technology. None of those three are ever likely to happen in North America. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and when you even think about Fukushima, what happened in Fukushima, it was a major earthquake. It was a, then a tsunami. It disabled the power supply to cool the three Japanese nuclear reactors that weren't even suited for handling natural disasters. Mm. And this is where you have to go, okay, regulations are good. After, To give an example, after 9-11, all, power, all nuclear power plants in the United States are now able to withstand, where the reactor is located, they're able to withstand a direct airplane hit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. and That, sh- that so, shell is that tough. It's that tough. Uh, so to give you an example, I just visited uh, Oak Ridge National Laboratory. I was there almost a month ago, and I got to see one of the oldest reactors in America running, a research reactor which does medical isotopes. The levels of safety, you wouldn't believe. Well, first off, the reactor's been around since 1965, and they're about to extend the reactor's life again. At one point, I was in a room next door to where the reactor is in the research happened. So I was 30 feet below, I believe I was 30 feet below the ground, separating me from the reactor. The reactor was in 30 feet, uh, over 30 feet of cooled water. And then there was there was over 12 feet of wall that was made of solid concrete, steel, and rebar protecting me. Mm-hmm. I, I literally said to somebody, I go, is this one of the safest places I could be around? And they were like, yes. They, they said they, they were like, this is essentially you're they're like, you're not much closer to where you would have, uh, bomb, you know, bomb protection. That's how wow. that's the levels of safety this industry goes to. Um, but I would like to I, I'd like you to ask me the question I always get asked. I'm, I'm going to cue you up for it. 
Well, just a sec. Like, we, ha- we, we have to go for a break now. I- oh. I've been so, so absorbed in this. I lost track of the time. So we're going to have a long first section, a shorter seconds. So can you save that question to her? Yes, break? absolutely. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. Asia believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. back with nuclear expert Todd Royal. And Todd, you were just about to ask me to ask you a question. What was okay, that? Here, okay, here, I want you to, I'm going to cue you up because this is what I get asked all the time. What about the waste? 
So Tom asked me, Todd, what about the waste from a nuclear power plant? Yeah, well, we, we're told that it's dangerous for millions of years and we have no way to handle it. And we're it's a disaster for future generations. That's what well, we hear from all kinds of environmental groups. Okay, let's a few basic facts. First off, a nuclear power plant, one that's going to supply energy to large city, millions of residents, typically uses about half a liter a day of uranium. Uranium is what makes nuclear fuel. And remember, about 95 of the waste can be re recycled. France is doing it. There's also a brand new form of a reactor called a Generation 4 reactor. And let me be all fancy with, with you. It's called a fast breeder reactor. These are being developed. Companies like TerraPower, Bill Gates, and others. It's his company. Where you can take the reactor and it can actually eat or be fueled by spent nuclear fuel. D do you remember the movie Back to the Future? The oh, I love that. Okay, <laughs> remember at the very end, you know, Doc comes back and the, the you know, the flex, the flex capacitor uh, took trash and made it into fuel. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I put bananas in it. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's brand new generations of reactors that, that, will, that likely will be around within, a, I'd say it's going to take about another five to 15 years. They will start using spent nuclear fuel all over the world. That's wow. what they'll do. So let's first say there's a lot left in that fuel. Most of the fuel does not get used. Secondly, no human, as I said previously, has ever been harmed by nuclear waste because the spent fuel is in a solid form. And we have a company, let's say in America, called Orano, O-R-A-N-O. I've seen the packaging. You've never seen something more secure. Again, it's, it's high-level waste incredibly strong containers that are in steel, encased in iron, put in rebar. Um, this is a, they are meant to withstand the most extreme of extreme conditions, meaning that waste could have been right up top at Fukushima. It could have been washed away. It never, and I mean, I people go, you can never say never. Okay, 99.9% .9 repeating there's no way that container is going to be opened up. It can hit whatever you want. I've seen it. You would be shocked how thick and sturdy of iron and rebar and metal and steel. Look up a company called Orano, O-R-A-N-O, an amazing company that does incredible work with a spent nuclear fuel. And third, roughly after about 300 years, the radiation diminishes but we have store, we have underground storage facilities. One of the best ones is Finland has one called Onkelo. Um, and there is negligible environmental impact. And we've got our own uh, one that escapes me in Nevada that's been that's been held up for decades. Oh, Yucca Mountain. Thank you. Yucca Mountain, that former Senate majority leader, Harry Reid, shuddered. And Harry Reid also uh, appointed a person to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission who was anti-nuclear and still makes anti-nuclear um, uh, statements all the time. So proponents go, a former member of the NRC says nuclear is harmful, harmful and should never be built. But I would say to those people, whether it's nuclear waste or that, why is that person saying that? Who is funding this and why did Harry Reid ever do that? So mm. those are kind of your three big facts, meaning it doesn't use a lot. No human's ever been harmed by nuclear waste and the radiation diminishes. And we know we have underground deep geological repositories that can hold nuclear waste 
and or spent nuclear fuel, however you want to call it, perfectly fine. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize one point you brought up, and that was that half a liter of uranium is needed to produce a gigawatt for a year? Uh, no, it's uh, daily. About daily, half a okay. li- Yeah, half a liter of uranium is used daily. The other thing... You half have a liter, to- though, that's that's... Like, I mean, that's almost nothing. That's nothing. Uh, here's something else you have to remember is that uranium, okay, the fuel, the waste issue. Hey, I mean, I'm, I've told you, Tom, ask me about the waste, the waste. This is, truly yeah. gre- this is truly green energy. Okay, so one typical nuclear reactor, let's say it's going to be on about a square mile of land. It's going to take roughly 431 utility scale wind turbines to do that. Typical wind turbines now, we're being told, should be sited almost a mile apart. You want them to be really effective. The conservative estimate is it takes 360 times more land than nuclear. I'm being conservative. Some people will tell you it's 700 times more land. And you would need, for the same power that's coming out of a nuclear power plant, you would need over 3, 3 million uh, photovoltaic solar panels to produce the same amount of energy. And remember, Photovoltaic panels are almost 90% being done in China right now. Those are being made almost 100% exclusively by the dirtiest forms of coal-fired power plants because to do the photo to do a the photovoltaic solar panel is one of the most energy-intensive uh, manufacturing processes that we do as human beings. Mm-hmm. And lots of pollution. Yeah, lots of pollution. So 70 times more. We're told that solar is green but it takes 75 times more land than nuclear. And yeah, wind is yeah. 360 times more land. And I'm here to tell you, those are very conservative estimates. I've heard, and I've read credible reports that say, you're, you're using up sometimes 700 times more land. So you're telling me you're going to be concerned about nuclear waste that can be, we know it's not a problem. It can be stored underground hundreds of feet underground, but yet you think it's okay to cover landscapes, acres after acres of landscapes with wind turbines and solar panels because you're so concerned about the environment or you're scared of nuclear power. Yeah, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, there's, it makes zero sense. That's why I call these people who, who do this, I say you're nihilist, you're nihilist, and you're Malthusians. You're anti-growth, you're anti-human, you're anti-humanity, you're anti-humanity, and you're also you're anti-innovation. You're 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 an anti you're an anti-innovative person. You can be a banana all you want. You don't want anything built anywhere, but then don't tell me you're an environmentalist. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people seem to mix up the high and low level waste. You know, a friend of mine, he was a professor at Carleton University, Dr. Terry Rogers. He said, you can hold a nuclear reactor bundle from a CANDU reactor in your hands safely after only 400 years. So it's so the high level waste, the fact that it's high level means that it's decaying very quickly. It's not millions of years that these bundles are dangerous. It's only 400 years. And the point he made is, so all you have to do is store this somewhere safely for four centuries. Now, if you put it deep in the Canadian Shield, you know, which is a massive structure that hasn't moved for tens of millions of years, I mean, 400 years is just a blink of an eye. So really, these deep geologic storages, they'd be very safe places to put high-level waste, surely. 
Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, which is funny about this is that people equate nuclear waste with the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, as if it, all the reactors are like as if the reactor operators are like Homer. <laughs> yeah, and and it's and you know they you saw it as green goo and green sludge, or you have Jane Fonda, you know, with her movie, or you have Chernobyl. You really look at there's been so much publicity that's come out against it. When when you go, okay, what actually is nuclear fuel? Okay, it's put in an assembly. It's a, and I just, again, I literally just saw this. It's a set of sealed metal, metal tubes. Generally, they're holding ceramic uranium pebbles or pellets, pardon me. And then the byproduct, this whole radiate, radioactive byproducts, they stay inside. So, in other words, there's no green goo. And I, I think we talked about this last time, but do you know, basically, since reactors have been around since the late, you know, the late 1950s in America, if you put if you put everything all the spent you know all the spent fuel, it cover an American football field, and I think it's approximately about ten yards high. Mm. And th- and forever, that's forever. <laughs> For, that's the amount of fuel. And I've seen I've seen a photo oh. that shows if you took. Oh, you mean all the of, amount? The amount of sorry, the amount of waste. Yeah, the amount of waste. So yeah. America, which has the most reactors, have been running the longest. It's one football field that we all just watched the Super Bowl in America on. It would cover that entire football field, and it'd be about 10 yards high. Mm. And that's it. In contrast so, to mountains of waste from other sources. <laughs> oh, gosh. I tell anyone, go look at pictures. And again, I'm very pro-coal, coal, but go look at what happens with coal waste. Go look at it. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, just... Yeah, go 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 look at now wind turbine farms that have to be dismantled. You throw those into um, landfills. What do you do with the toxic chemicals of a solar panel? In other words, you're talking. We have the answer. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we really do have the answer for a carbon-free, safe, affected, effective, high energy density way to make electricity and other and other industrial processes. It's nuclear. Mm-hmm power yeah i wanted to tell you one other story i said i was going to tell two stories about dr rogers yeah dr dr rogers was a really interesting character i mean he practiced what he preached and you know one of the things that happened was they had a problem with the reactor that required maintenance underneath the reactor okay and they were saying oh this is so dangerous and he said no it isn't and so he got on his frogman equipment and everything and he swam under the reactor and he did the fix that was necessary and came back up. Terry lived into his 90s. He had children. He had no troubles. And yet they were so afraid to get some person down below the reactor into the area he swam to that they didn't want to do it. So he just did it. Yeah, here's a PhD, you know, so so because he knew it wasn't dangerous. <laughs> he had no troubles. He lived a long, happy life. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, when you do look at this waste, I mean, at a high level, waste is divided into two categories. It's high level, it's low level. And most mm-hmm. of the high level waste is mostly used fuel. And the low level waste, as I saw it last week, you know, it's it's handled by special gloves, tools, machine parts. These are things, okay, they've been exposed to radio- radioactive materials. And that's actually the largest volume of waste that's produced by these plants. Mm-hmm. And there's... So how there's yeah. How, how do they store the waste now? If they're not using Yucca Mountain to store it deep in the geology, how do they store it now? 
Uh, it's typically stored on site in the canisters I spoke of a few minutes ago mm -hmm. in, in your mm -hmm. first segment. It's literally, uh, there are storage facilities. There's some in South Carolina, Washington, Utah, and Texas. Um, and then your your lower level waste typically will be stored at the plant. Mm. Okay. And then so that many, sounds yeah. like it's nowhere near as safe as putting it deep in geologic formations. Absolutely not. But some of the low level waste, it's so low level that you can actually then it's no longer radio radioactive. You just you just throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was a report in Canada called the Seaborne Commission, and they yeah. were tasked with understanding whether or not deep geologic storage was safe. And it's really deep. I mean, they were talking about putting it a mile underground. Uh, oh, gosh. And then, yeah. yeah. And then totally concreting the whole area up so that, in fact, uh, you know, so they said, is this safe? And it's interesting, the commission came up with a scientific answer and a political answer. The scientific answer was that it was super safe. These, okay. geologic, these geologic formations had not moved for tens of millions of years. Okay. And all you had to do in the case of the candy reactors was hold them for four centuries and they're safe enough to hold in your hands. So this, uh, so they came out with the conclusion that yes, it's extremely safe, but they said it wasn't safe politically because the public thought it was really dangerous and none of the communities nearby wanted a nuclear waste disposal facility. But I mean, this is really tragic because then they leave them on the surface where they were nowhere near as safe because of a yeah. fear of something that's not even remotely dangerous. Is that happening in the U.S. as well? 100%. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, Yucca Mountain. Yucca Mountain is 100% safe. And again, people go, are you saying so that it'll never, ever, ever? The, the levels of safety, you've gone to the 99.9999. How many levels of nine are you looking for? Because again, I'll come back and say, because you're certainly not at that, you're not at any level of safety with renewables or fossil fuels or hydroelectric dams. I can't think of the city, and I think we've talked about this before. There was a city in China where a dam broke. Mm. It flooded and it killed over 250,000 people. Oof. Whoa. Why, hasn't, why hasn't there been an outcry to get rid of hydroelectric dams globally? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Why hasn't there been an outcry? You, you have this incredible outcry that comes over nuclear, and nuclear hasn't even killed one percent of that two hundred fifty thousand people. Yeah, we know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd, it's interesting. I actually had a guest a little while ago who said that they don't actually have long-term plans for the dismantling of hydroelectric dams, and this no. is a ticking. This is a ticking time bomb that they haven't planned for. Because how do you take them down? They don't know how. And so, I mean, but yet they continue to build them and nobody's squawking about that. And yet they won't build much, much safer nuclear power waste disposal places. So that's Yucca Mountain Nuclear Waste Repository. Yep. And they would have, again, would they be burying it deep in a geologic formation? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you look at now, so I'm storing it in incredibly safe canisters made by uh, incredible companies like Orano. But yet I have a much better answer. But again, I'd said this the first segment. These are these are political issues. Has nothing to do with the technology, has nothing to do with the safety. This is all a politics of fear. Mm -hmm. This is fear that has begun that has been going on for decades, that has been fed by the environmental movement, that has been fed by a very compliant media. 
And that, that all sounds, that, that sounds so, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not. Those are the facts. Yeah. These, yeah. Are, these are perfectly safe uh, ways to make energy. I think if aliens came down, they would look up and go, <laughs> why in the world is the entire world not being run by the fission power of, of atomic energy? Yeah, go, yeah. You have the perfect power. You, yeah. You, it, it's, it's maddening that this yeah. is not well i'm just going to give a couple of quotes from another engineering professor i had he was an okay. interesting character his name was herb saravanamuto okay. and that's he's indian but he grew up in scotland so it was sort of funny you'd close your eyes and you'd hear this scottish accent and you open your eyes and it's an indian <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun but he said you know when it comes to nuclear power he said they'll change their minds when they're freezing in the dark <laughs> and, well and yeah. yeah and the other thing he said he said when it comes to energy and i can't do a scottish accent for this one but he said there's no free lunch every energy source produces some form of pollution you just simply don't get away from it it's part of the laws of the universe and yet you have so yet so you don't say well what's an energy source that produces zero pollution because they all do i mean you have to build the facility for example so yeah. you have to compare them and nuclear is like by far the best when it comes to to waste of any kind right a hundred percent i yeah. mean go 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 dismantle a wind or solar farm and tell me how you're going to recycle those Oh, geez. Go go look at what it takes to build a wind turbine blade, just the blade. Then go look at all the lubricants, the greases and the oils it takes that is running, uh, you know, its balance of plant to get that blade to spin. Then go look at all the toxic chemicals that are inside of a solar panel. Typically, if you had a solar panel on your house and it broke, you need to call the EPA because it's that toxic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Nuclear is the only one that that says we are going to dismantle this, we're going to disassemble it, this, and we're going to return the land back to its original form. Mm -hmm. the The only system I know that's doing that right now is you're seeing that with um with landfills, where a former landfill can be um essentially. You put dirt, you put grass. You'll see people. Oh, I have a home on the landfill now, or a park or a walking path there's nuclear nuclear power they're saying we're going to do that so when this plant is done it may take us 60 years because they have 60 years in the united states to disassemble it but we're the only ones that are saying we're going to turn this land back into what it was previously mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately we have to wrap up oh. i have a i i'm gonna pull a, a surprise question on you i've okay. never had i've never had somebody back three weeks in a row ever okay. I'd love to have you back because there's some really important topics we have to talk about we haven't touched on yet. And in particular, something called the Near Surface Disposal Facility okay. that's being proposed for Chalk River in Ontario in Canada. And yeah. the Green Party and the Native groups, they're all against it. I want to drill into that a little bit because that is a current issue. On February 14th, they had a big news conference in which they were saying, oh, my goodness, this is going to leak into the Ottawa River and all that. Can we dig into that next week? Because that is a yeah. the current issue. I would love to. That Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Let's do a, a three-peat. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 yeah. let's go for three, Tom. 
Yeah, well, that's that's wonderful. I really can't wait for that because, as I say, that is a contemporary issue. And I'd like to dig into a little bit more of the Yucca Mountain Nuclear Waste Repository because that sounds very safe. And I'd like to understand, like, why are they stopping it? Why aren't they building the thing? Leaving all the radioactive waste on the surface sounds a lot less safe, although it's still pretty safe, a lot less safe than putting it in Yucca Mountain. Can we drill into that next week, too? I would love to. Okay. Well, my guest this week has been nuclear power expert Todd Royal. He's been informing the U.S. Department of Energy, Department of Commerce, and also various states. And unlike most subject matter experts, as you heard, he's an expert in communicating complex technical language into lay people's language. So, Todd, okay. so thanks so much for being on the show. Tom, thanks for having me. You're engaging. It's enlightening. And I love our time together. Yeah, I totally lose track of the time. <laughs> so this is Tom Harris and my guest, Todd Royal, signing out from the other side of the story. Mm-hmm.